0: So, how many songs did you listen to from White Mm -hmm.
1: Heart? Uh, I listened to at least three all the way through,
0: and then I just let it keep playing. That way, anytime I came up there, it's still playing. It's still playing? Yep. So, did you... Like, the first song on the White Heart album is kind of... Did you like it? I think so.
1: I don't know if it was the first or not, because I've never... Used a record player before,
0: <laughs> so you you turn it on side A.
1: Yeah.
0: So it was the one that I think it's not a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting song. Yeah. I'll
1: have to I'll have to make sure I'm actually know what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> but you enjoyed like it was similar to Petra.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. That was pretty cool. Okay. Great. I liked it. So he got a new record. Um, in case y'all are wondering, yeah. not that I normally talk to you at this point, but um. Today,
1: Uh-oh. go ahead. I'm a record player, which I've never owned or yeah. really even operated. So.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so.
1: Thank you very much.
0: It's a little uh-huh. uh, McKay's find there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the record is signed by Whiteheart. By the way, Whiteheart is a Christian hard rock group.
1: Yeah. From the 80s? From the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can
0: tell it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, all right.
2: Arena rock, hair band. That's right. Christian hair. Christian hair. Yeah. All right, let's get started. A great light dawns in Galilee. Some say madman, some say king. Wonder-working rebel priest. Jesus Christ the Nazarene He knew well what it would take To free us all from sin and grave A perfect man would have to die And only he could pay that price Fridays good, good Sunday. All
0: right, welcome to Wednesday Night's Bible Study. Glad that you're with us. Uh, this is Seth Parnell, and I'm Philip Brand, and we are going to dive into Mark chapter 5. So go ahead and, and turn there. Um, while you're turning there, I want to remind everybody that we're in the second section of Mark. Uh, this section started in uh, chapter 3, verse 20, and we'll go all the way through chapter 6, verse 6. Last week, we ended a teaching section within the section, because you know there's sections within the section, mm-hmm. and started a miracle section. So last week, we covered the last miracle in chapter four, which is Jesus calms the slip storm, mm-hmm. all right? So that's just to bring you up to speed yeah. uh, about it, and anybody else that's watching this for the first time, of course, they could go back and listen to the Bible study before this one and see how it all connects. Yeah. Yeah. So this section that's within the section is three miracles. We are only going to cover the second one today. Uh, The next time that we're in Mark, um, we will cover the third one. I thought about covering. I don't know why I do this. I thought about covering both of them at the same time. There's just too much in the third miracle. Yeah. Just too much. And we're trying to get to 6-6 to kind of finish it off. And, And there's just... It's, we would just run out of time, is what would happen. Or we'd have to rush it to get through. You think he'd know by now. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I still try. I still think maybe we can do it because then we can move on. No. But yeah, there's just way, way too much. Yeah. Um, the miracle that we're going to talk about today is an exorcism. It is the most graphic of all the exorcisms recorded in the Gospels. Yeah. The exorcisms recorded in the Gospels. Um it, in fact, it might be the most graphic of any of the miracle stories. There's a lot of detail to it. There's a lot of, lot of like grit, a lot of scary type things. Um, I'm not so sure that we always read this through in the sense of that it's concerning or or scary. Bless you. Um, but but there is a lot of like scary type of concepts that's within this particular one uh, is in fact if you think about it a lot rather than just read it all the way through it's somewhat disturbing
1: hmm.
0: yeah even 2,000 years later it is somewhat disturbing uh, <clears throat> it is set up like this and I just kind of jotted down a, a brief outline of it uh, verses one through two is the introduction as uh, scene number one is verses three through nine which is an encounter with Jesus. Um, scene number two is verses 11 through 3, uh, which is an encounter with pigs, <laughs> and then scene three is verses 14 through 19, which is it, the results of what has happened on people. Now, I wish that particular point in the outline was a little more precise, but it is, is how the people reacted, and then verse. Five is just an ending. It wraps it. It wraps it up. Is what happens. So let's jump into verse one. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, verse one. They came to the other side of the sea, um, to the country of the Gennaricines. Is that how you'd say that? Garrisines. Ger- Garrisines. Yeah. Garrisines. Uh, whereas I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. This is a couple of things I know about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, it was a Gentile habitation. In fact, Decapolis—it's within Decapolis. Decapolis Mm -hmm. was a uh, ten cities that had a treaty um, that they would help fight each other's battle battles, and they would come together to protect each other's city in that particular area. Uh, They felt it was a lot of strength in numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's largely a Gentile region. In fact. Um it, it there's hardly any Jews that live in this area. It's a non-Jewish area. There are similar similarities between chapter five and this uh, exorcism and the one we find in chapter one. Mm-hmm. Some similarities with it, but there's some differences too. <clears throat> and here's one of the differences. Uh, the one in chapter one, if you remember, takes place in a synagogue. so in a holy place. Mm-hmm. This one takes place in an unclean place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, unclean, first of all, means outside of a synagogue or the temple, which would be unclean in some areas. Um, but secondary, like second to that, is it takes place on Gentile soul, not Jewish, which is a level of uncleanliness. And there's, and there's some other things that we're going to discuss here in a minute that makes this very unclean. So this miracle takes place in an unclean area, an unclean space. So verse 2, And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, he disembarked. Immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, out of the tombs is also an unclean area for a Jew. Hmm. You didn't reside in, in a In a graveyard, if you went to a graveyard because you were burying somebody, there was a purification process that you had to follow. And so he comes out of an unclean place to talk to Jesus. And so this guy is more than likely Gentile. He's not a Jew. He's a Gentile. And he comes to them. And he has an unclean spirit, which makes the reader think, well, the spirit's unclean. The land's unclean. The tombs are unclean. So Mark intentionally did this. I want to pause for a moment. A lot of people think that Mark is written to a broadly Gentile audience. I do not necessarily agree with that. Hmm. I, I think that there's a lot of markers that would create a Jewish, like, oh, it's unclean. Jesus, why is he there?
1: Yeah.
0: You know? And so I don't, yeah. I don't, go
1: ahead. That wouldn't <clears> have <throat> meant anything to a Gentile. That, no. Oh, okay, he's in the tombs. He's in this city. Whatever. Okay. Like he makes mention, like these are these
0: are important points. Yeah, so it must be a, hmm. more of a Jewish audience,
1: hmm.
0: is my point. Um. So yeah, you're right. You're right. So he lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Okay, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he was riched. But he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. He was supernaturally strong. Um, It it reminds me of some of the things you see in comic books. And either the superheroes that are really strong or, or the villains that are really strong and they're shackled um one one thing it it also reminds me of is uh the man of steel i don't know if you've seen that movie Mm
2: -hmm. but
0: they put superman in handcuffs and you're thinking that's not going to hold him right and so here's these people that this guy was such a problem that they tried to restrain him and couldn't Mm -hmm. this means that this man is well known in the community yeah well in fact you would probably tell your wife your wife Maybe wives in that day. I don't know. Your wife and your children and your family members, look, don't go near that that graveyard because mm-hmm. that crazy guy's there. And he's so unpredictable. We don't know what he will do. So stay mm-hmm. away. Watch out. Beware of the guy in the graveyard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So verse, uh, verse four, uh, verse five actually continues. Um, Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains... So he he was climbing mountains. He was always crying out. So, ah, you know, you know, that sort of deal. So if you didn't know him, you would hear him in your house. Yeah. Yeah, constantly crying out and cutting himself with stones. Now, what I'm about to say, I don't really have enough proof to say it emphatically. But when I read that phrase, cutting himself with stones, it reminds me of some satanic um, rituals hmm. uh, of people cutting themselves and, and doing this sort of thing. And here he is taking stones and, and cutting himself. Yeah. Um, it might not be satanic ritual oriented. might not be that. But what we do know is that these demons that were inside of him were trying to destroy him in some way. Hmm. But then they never really destroyed him. Yeah. You know, hmm. so they would just harm him. Um, so, so I think that's, that's important to note. Verse six, and when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. Now, that alone is interesting. If you're a a group of demons possessing a guy, why would you run up to the guy that could do you damage? Right. That's your enemy. That's your enemy. Yeah. But for some reason, uh, he ran up to them and and bowed down. Um, Mark has set this up to where this guy has no control over anything that he's doing. No control at all. So the demons have full control of his body. So it's the demons that caused him to run forward is how Mark has set this up.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he fell down before him and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you, by God, do not torment me. The man is already being tormented. So it's the demons that are saying, don't torment me. It's very clear there. Yeah, so this is not the God. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is legion legion um legion let's see what verse is that verse uh nine legion is actually six thousand roman soldiers Hmm. Hmm. so is it six thousand demons in this in the sky we know it's a lot which then i don't know seth i start thinking how many demons can reside in you in one at one time (laughs) right
1: that's that's a that's a concept that i'm not as familiar with that whole like demon possession thing yeah but that if it is six thousand demons that's a lot of power inside of it
0: so you know when i when i first read this i thought were they taking turns because You know, they come in, they come out. Mm -hmm. Are they, are they just little? (laughs) Like we always picture them as big, and maybe they're they're little. They're just you know little things. How does that? How does that work? Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm comfortable, and I don't mean this in any disregard with one demon possessing somebody because I can get it like spatially comfortable. Mm Not comfortable with demon possession. <laughs> um, but you get to two, and you're like, okay, they could squeeze in three,
2: mm-hmm.
0: four, six thousand. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how many is a legion? I mean, what does that mean? And legion is definitely a Roman military term,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which Mark is using on purpose, of course, and we're going to unpack that here in, the, in a few minutes, but... Um, This definitely definitely says that the demons are organized. There seems to be a leader that's speaking, because it's not 6,000 voices. It's not 1,000 voices. It's not 100 voices, every how I many it was. That there's one, one demon speaking, and it, the military part is they strategically chose this guy for a reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's some type of war, spiritual warfare, that benefited them from living inside of this guy. Mm -hmm. Demons don't just look around and figure out who they can possess. That's not it. There's always something strategic with it. And that Mm -hmm. is very um, concerning. Yeah. You know, so when I said at the beginning of the story, it's, it's the most graphic and disturbing story. Mm-hmm. These are some of the reasons why it's it a military term. They are doing this because there's a war. And strategically, this guy helps in their spiritual battles. He's a strong point for them. He's a strong point for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my name is Legion, <clears throat> for we are many. We are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. So, why would the demons not want to leave that country? It's not out of the world. It's not out of this realm. It's out of that particular country. And we know from other passages of scripture that demons do have different places that they control. And so this was a place that these demons controlled if they were sent out of the country. Um there would be a fight among the demons maybe for for position in that area hmm. I, I I'm just not really sure like like what would happen or we would lose our status if we went somewhere else because this is a place that we roll and other demons roll other places and that thought is also disconcerting
1: hmm.
0: right it's yeah. kind of graphic like mm-hmm. demons have different places and um and If we look at the world, I think that we can see that somewhat, Mm -hmm. that they do. Um, It is also a concept of the different gods in different areas. A lot of the ancients talk about the god of this area, the god of this area, the god of this area, which they could just be talking about demons. And they've seen power and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else from this Bible study, we should walk away with a renewed belief that the spiritual realm is definitely real. The spiritual realm is definitely active. And there's definitely a um, graphic, strategic war going on for the souls of mankind. Yeah. So how does that strike you? Scary.
1: <laughs> uh, it it, yes. it, it kind of reassures that fact that it's weird because there's a physical location to a spiritual world that wants this physical location and you can't you can't separate this idea that well there's just a physical world and then maybe there's a spiritual heaven like it's all here it's all here we just can't see it all mm-hmm. and um and these
0: demons apparently were trying to control this location this region, yeah and this is
1: this man this
0: is their maybe their hq yeah maybe yeah. he was their hq yeah Maybe that's how it was many of them. They just kept coming in and out. Like they would go do something to come in and out. Like next yeah. year, I, I don't know. Why would they need that? Though? They, mm-hmm. the scripture doesn't tell us. And I'm kind of glad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's some things that I just want to be a mystery. Mm-hmm. I just want to be, it wants mm-hmm. to be a mystery. So verse 10 again. And he begged them earnestly not to send them out of the country. So this starts a negotiation. Mm. Don't send us out of the country. Um, can you send us somewhere else, Jesus? Don't send us out of the country. So verse 11, now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. Um, first, pigs do not herd. Right?
2: Right? I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've looked into it. Okay. I've looked into it. So, not, the, not like, you know, because sheep, I'm not a sheep flock together, sheep or, together yeah. herd right. together, cows herd together, mm-hmm. bison herd together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Pigs don't herd together. They just they don't okay. do that. Okay. They still do that. So that made me look up the word herd mm. to see exactly. I'm not saying that there wasn't a bunch of, bunch of pigs together, mm. but they weren't. They were not herding together. Okay. They, were just, they were just together. Um, so I looked at the word herd, and it's used as a military term for new recruits. Mm. So freedom of coming to a particular place and staying there mm. is, is the word. So it's a military word. It's a herd of pigs, which goes back to the other military term of legion, which goes back to the other military term that we've talked about already in this study. Yeah,
2: hmm.
0: so it's a, it's a herd, a herd. Now, it's 2,000 pigs were feeding on, there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, send us into the pigs and let us enter them, so that he gave them permission. And the unclean spirit came, spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and uh, drowned in the sea. So this is not a Jewish... Uh, Heard there's not Jews keeping these pigs. Yeah. This is a, a Gentile area. Jews would not have two thousand pigs. They just wouldn't. An unclean animal. It's an unclean animal. It, an unclean animal. Um, one of the reasons Jews would not have pigs, of course, is because of Scripture. But the second reason is um, there was a invading army that was forcing Jews to eat pig, mm. sacrifice pigs. And the Jews resisted it. They said, We will not do that. And they got them into a lot of trouble. And it was right before this happened. I think they're called the Salute. The I, I'm not even going to try to say it. Anyway, so Jews would not have anything to do with pigs. Mm. So we know that from Josephus, who's the historian, yeah. that they would have nothing to do. So this is definitely Gentile. And, you know, Is was it instead of six thousand demons? Was it two thousand demons? Because there was two thousand about two thousand pigs. I don't know. All we know is they possessed two thousand pigs. Yeah. So there had to be at least two thousand of them, Mm -hmm. unless, of course, maybe one of them stretched into two. You know. I don't
1: know. I mean. 2,000 is still a lot of demons. (laughs) 2,000 demons,
0: 6,000 demons, that's a lot. Which is graphic, right? Right. And scary. Right. How many demons are around us right now in this moment? Mm -hmm. How many angels are protecting us from those demons? Yeah. How many times do people allow demons to control their Mm lives and lead them to destruction? Uh, It is a very real deal. Mm -hmm. And there's 2,000 of them. That surround an HQ. I'm just going to call him HQ. Surround an HQ in a cemetery on Gentile property.
2: Yeah.
0: In just a little location was two (laughs) thousand demons or more. Yeah. 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 So verse twelve says, and they begged him, saying, "Send us to the pig. To the pigs, let us enter them." So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. Now, he gave them permission is a military command.
1: Hmm.
0: It's like when a a sergeant and a private, I guess a private would be the best way to do it, comes up and and wakes to be dismissed so that he can go somewhere else. He's, Hmm. He's at attention or standing still, whatever it is. And the sergeant says, you're dismissed. Jesus dismissed them wow. as the one more powerful than they are. Mm. Yeah. So he dismissed. It's a military command. So, the, so they came out. Verse 13. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd numbering about 2000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned. Um, Mark is showing that the larger struggle in the world is a war between the supernatural forces and Jesus's ministry.
2: Mm.
0: So there's a war going on. And Jesus is not going to be defeated by them. Mm. They do not have power over him. This goes back to the uh, strongman in the house. Unless you bind him, the other strongman cannot come in mm. and, and loot this is Jesus binding the straw man in the house so that he can come in and hmm. and free it and you know yeah wow. and take possession So this is a, a throwback to that as well um, unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. that particular word is actually charged into the pigs hmm. that is also a military word charge you know? <laughs> it's also a military word. It's not just entered it's charged. So they charge ahead into them. Um, yeah, so before I get to verse 14, what do you think about all of that? Because sure. we're not getting really practical here yet. We're just yeah. kind of talking theological. But
1: Yeah, and a lot of, especially for me, and I've read the story, I've, I've heard it a lot my whole life. And I've always scratched my head about it, especially the part where the pigs drown themselves. Yeah. Like they, they resided in this man and for some reason they've kept him alive to torment him. I don't know if it's because it's, he has a soul. I, I don't know. But then they go to the, (coughs) the pigs and like this is going to be their new residence. They're like, please don't, don't torment us, Jesus. Let's go to these pigs. Okay. We'll go to the pigs. Now let's drown the pigs. Do they still live in the dead carcass? I don't. I don't know. Where
2: do the
0: 2,000 to 6,000 yeah. demons go from there? Where are they going? <laughs> which Why, like, Why did they
1: destroy their new house? <clears throat> what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
0: It's it's bizarre. <laughs> One thing that Mark is emphasizing with the story, which is a true story,
2: is mm-hmm. that you have unclean
0: spirits going into unclean animals. Yeah, true. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then unclean always leads to... Death. Hmm. Hmm. Clean leads to life. Yeah. Hmm. So verse 14, the herds fled. The herdsmen. The herdsmen. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what it was was that had happened. So the herdsmen become missionaries, in a sense. Hmm. They start telling people about the miracle that has happened. Now they're very kind of negative and scared about the miracle, but, but they tell people what has happened to their pigs. This guy cast out the demon from the crazy guy that lives in the, in the graveyard and those demons went into our pigs and the pigs died. They jumped off. We couldn't stop them. They jumped off and drowned themselves. Yeah. We couldn't stop them. So it continues and as he was getting, wait, wait, and they begin to, Wait, I missed my thing. Verse 15. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Why were they afraid? Because they knew him. They knew he was the guy that was crazy. He was a cray-cray guy, yelling, cutting himself. We can't chain him together. We've been a part of this. And now he's in his right mind, and he's clothed, and he's sitting there with Jesus. This is pretty scary. Hmm. Pretty scary for us. How did this happen? And Jesus is that powerful. He's more powerful than we were. Over this. Yeah. yeah so they were very, very afraid. So it continues. Um, verse 16. And those who had seen it. described to them what had happened. To the demon possessed man. And to the pigs. So you would think. At this point in time. That people would see the value of the human life that was saved
1: right.
0: and measure that against the pigs who were not saved.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But these obviously were animal lovers. <laughs> right? Because in verse 17, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. Whereas Jesus values human life over animals, these people valued the animals' lives over the human life,
1: mm.
0: or at least the wealth of the animal can bring them too. Yeah, so yeah, and we often do say money, and I, I think that that's true. Um, they did lose a lot of money that day. Mm-hmm. They did. But the text reads in terms of they saw him sitting there in his right mind, they heard mm-hmm. about the pigs, and they were afraid not of losing money they were afraid of the power that Jesus had. Yeah. So this is a form of kind of rejection, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is not the type of power that we want into our society because this type of power changes the structure of things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what if he comes into our town and there's more demon-possessed people and he changes the economic stuff in our town? He, he, people are changed, but yet we lose our merchandise. People change, but we lose this. And so the material value became more important than a human life. Yeah. And our country is very close to this. Because there's some, in many ways, where we uh, value an animal's life above a human life. Mm. And, and that is not the way that it should be. Mm. So they began to beg Jesus to depart from the region. And as he was getting into the boat... Um, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. I don't want to go back with these crazy people that are kicking you out of my town. I'm very excited that my life was worth more than 2,000 pigs. Mm. Aren't you glad that your life is worth more than 2,000 pigs yeah. to God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what is the value of a life mm. is, is what this is answering. And and this guy wants to go with the guy that really valued his life, Yeah. that really gave him Um, some freedom um the contrast between this man wanting to go with him and the crowd wanting jesus to leave is striking Mm. i want to go with this guy i do i we want him out of our town which the town should have said come on we have other people yeah we need your power in our town we need more people healed Mm. but they didn't want that so there's a contrast between the two um so verse uh, 19 i'm having trouble seeing (laughs) verse 19 and he did not permit him to wait let me back up he did not permit him but said to him go home to your friends so i stopped right there and thought this guy has friends
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. he
0: had friends he had friends that were scratching their head, wondering how to help them, and they just couldn't help them. Yeah. yeah, so go to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things about this. <clears throat> First, tell them what the Lord has done for you, which is something that we should do. Uh, ourselves. We need to tell other people what God has done for us. Demons have not been exercised out of our bodies, but we have been saved. Mm -hmm. So there is a call for us to do the same sort of thing that this guy is told to do. Second, we often think of discipleship as being called out of something and then following Jesus. In other words, called out of something and leaving it behind and then following Jesus. And up until this point in Mark, when Jesus calls An apostle or a disciple, he calls them away from a life to follow him, to abandon all this and follow Jesus. This passage of scripture gives us something different. Mm. It says, follow me by not following me. Follow me by going back home and telling your friends. And there's two different types of calling. You're either called to leave everything behind and follow Jesus in ministry are you called to stay right where you are, right where you're planted, and tell people what Jesus has done for you. Mm. Both are equally as important. Yeah. Yeah. And so here, here is this guy tasked by Jesus to do something very important. Mm. How does that strike you? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, Jesus, he told the disciples, follow me. Mm-hmm. I'll make you fishers of men. That's your ministry now. Come with me. But he also told to his authority. So yes. it's, it's just as important because it's Jesus who told him to do this. And <clears throat> something else that, like, it just I'm just scratching my head again because I've scratched my head a lot. I got <laughs> lice or something. I don't know yes. this passage makes me think that. Um, this guy, what was his life like before? If he had friends, like, there must have been at least some sort of relational value. Yeah, some type of community. invested in community. And something happened to where these demons are now in him, Mm -hmm. and these people don't know how to help him. But now he's he's healed. So going back to that, and back to maybe the darkness. Yeah. Like that would probably be scary too, because he's like, you know, I want to go with you. You gave me freedom. You gave me hope. Right. But I don't want to stay here (laughs) with these people. But Jesus is like, no, no, no. You 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 stay here. Yeah and you show them what I've done for you. Right. And that's, I don't know, it takes
0: maybe more guts than following Jesus, going where he's going. Yeah. So because we've been studying Mark mm. for so long, something that immediately jumped off the page at me is that Jesus didn't tell this guy to be quiet about it. Yeah. Mm. Like he told other people, I mean, we can go back to right Mark on. and point right. out, don't tell, don't tell, don't tell.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: tells this person, to tell and mark puts it here to emphasize something Hmm. yeah i think we've already discussed it but we've but i think that's an interesting yeah contrast
1: that's really good
0: yeah so um a closer look at these areas that jesus is currently at is that he didn't really teach a lot in these areas Mm -hmm. He really met people's needs. So in, Gentiles, in Gentile areas, he didn't teach as much about the kingdom of God. He just met people's needs. So, And, and then he told them to go back and, and tell.
1: So is this, I just need a little brain refresher. Is this the first time that he does a miracle at, up until this point in a Gentile city? Or mm-hmm. is, okay, so this is one of the other ones. He's telling them, don't say anything. And he's teaching them. Right. But this one, it's like, here's a miracle. I'm going to
0: change something and go tell everyone. Go tell everyone. Mm. You be the messenger. Mm. Yeah, because I'm called to the Jewish nation. Like, you can go tell them. And there's a thread in Mark showing that Jesus was concerned about the Gentiles, which helps out eventually when Jesus rises from the dead and he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel.
2: Mm.
0: So they start thinking back, well, he did help these people. Mm -hmm. And now we have to go and... And tell them the message. Okay, wow. Hmm. Pretty neat. Very neat. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. Yeah. Very neat. Very I like very. that. Very, very neat. <laughs> very very nice. nice, very nice. So verse 20, and he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, that's the ten cities that have um, the agreement that are Gentile. How much Jesus had done for him and everyone marbled Hmm. two things about this um unlike the jewish people jesus healed this guy is actually obedient and maybe it's easier for him to be obedient because something great has happened and he wants to tell people Hmm. but we have to realize that the other people that jesus healed didn't ask him permission to follow him This guy is asking permission to follow Jesus because of the difference Jesus has made in his life.
1: Mm.
0: And Jesus says, no, I want you to go tell people back home. And instead of getting his little feelings hurt, he responded to the call and he obeyed. Mm. And that's a lesson for us. We need to obey what God has called us to do, even though it might not be the thing we want to do. Yeah. But it is a thing that we need to do to show our faithfulness and obedience to the Father.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And here's the last one. Everyone marveled, but that does not mean everyone was saved. Because you can be amazed by what Jesus has done and still not have faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus is when you get to the place where you believe that he is the savior of the world and you need him as your savior. You ask forgiveness for your sins. You ask him to be your savior. And then you are saved. But just being amazed at his miracles or his writings or his teaching is not enough to cross over the line of faith into salvation. Hmm. It's more than just believing in his miracles. It's believing in what he did for you on the cross of Calvary. And then in the tomb when he mm-hmm. rose again. Yeah. So any concluding remarks as we wrap this up?
1: I think it's interesting that he he went to the Decapolis, which is the ten cities, not just yeah. the garrison. Or yeah, garrison, 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 like, yeah. karrison, karrison, karrison. Karrison, garrison. <laughs> But he went to the whole agreement of the cities. Yeah, and I, that just means, I guess that that was a lot more uh, impact
0: that he was able to make. Right. So that's, that's cool. He covered the Gentile cities and Jesus is going to go off yeah. and, and continue on his mission. Yeah, I saw it, man.
1: Every Mark study that I sit here and listen to,
0: I learn <laughs> something new. Yeah. This is good. It's, it's kind of neat. Yeah. I've learned a lot as well. I, like I said, I've, I've preached through this recently at our church in the last three years. And I just missed a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in those messages and in studying for it. So I'm thankful God's led us to this moment. Yeah. yeah. All right. That said, until next
2: time, grace and peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now Jesus reigns upon the throne. Our heaven sings to him alone we watch and wait like a bride for a groom oh church arise he's coming soon